0: You know, it's um, a—it's <clears throat> an awesome thing to live in a country where we still have these freedoms. Um, it's an awesome thing to, to know that um, there are still people that are willing to fight and sacrifice and die for the freedoms that we have. Um, even though it's very sad to see how others um, respond to that and how they uh, treat that in uh, disrespectful Human beings are just going to be disrespectful, but uh, we should never forget that um, we still live in the greatest country on earth. No matter how bad it is, it's it's still the greatest country there is, um, and we should be thankful for that. Um, So thank you, Kevin, for that. And and, um, again, um, you know, we're forgetful people. (laughs) We can go back through the Scriptures and see that and see all kinds of examples of that. Um, we've for, been forgetful for a long time. We're still forgetful. You would think if um, the events of 9-11 would never be forgotten, that there's no way that we, could, that we would always remember exactly where we were, exactly what was taking place. Um, I, the, the key thing that I remember immediately after that Is the fact that every sign, every billboard, everything that had letters in it where you could change it. One of two things was written in it. God bless America or pray for our nation. Everybody knew what prayer was those days. How easy we forget. How easy we forget. But... Just like Kevin said, um, you know, it's our calling. It's our desire um, to share with you something that is so important that no matter what happens in this life, it's a necessity for you. Peter put it this way. Don't go there. Peter put it this way in 2 Peter 1.12. For this reason, I will not be negligent. To remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in this present truth, even though I, I'm confident you already know, I'm confident you've done heard it. I will not be negligent, even though I can see that I just can't get my, my forceps to grab it and pinch it off. I, I see you fading. I, I see it taking place, but it's my call. It's my mission. I will not be negligent. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent or in this body to stir you up by reminding you knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. This is so important to me, not only will I dedicate my life to it, I'll make sure that after I'm dead and gone, you have a reminder. That's how important it is. As we move forward in our, our, um, I guess it's been a series, I didn't intend for it to be that way, but it's worked out that way, in faith, talking about faith. This morning the title of my message is, That's What You Get. Have you ever been in a that's what you get situation? Have you ever had somebody look at you and go, that's what you get? When I, I growed up with a younger brother two years younger than me, we made it a habit to toughen each other up and fight every day. Every day we got in a fist fight. Every day. The year that the um, at Oakland Athletics were in the uh, World Series and they heard the earthquake, most of y'all remember that, Pretty significant event for people that are sports people. Me and my brother, at whatever age that was, I'm going to guess I was around 12. We were laying in the floor side by side on our hand watching the World Series. My dad and my uncle were on the couch behind us. And that, that, that earthquake happened, of course, at the time. We didn't know what happened. Just the TV went out. The ball game went off. The TV was still on, but no reception to that. And, and of course, you know, that... Uh, ADD kicked in and boredom set in and had to do something, so I just reached over and poked old Taterhead head right in the eye. (laughs) Well, of course, he reared up and wanted to fight, so I, I didn't want to disappoint him, so here we go. And I end up on top of him, him on his back, and my knees on his shoulders so he can't swing back, and I'm up over the top of him wearing them jaws out. And I hear my dad and my uncle in the background, and my uncle said, are you not going to make, are you not going to stop that? And he said, nah. because one day Thomas is going to be bigger than Nick and I ain't going to stop him either. And I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> and I just kept wailing on him, you know. And I, I slipped and I hit my knuckle on the TV. We were scooted up to the TV. Of course, he's trying to get up and I'm wearing him and I'm just, I mean, I'm waylaying him. And I hit and I busted my knuckle and it started bleeding. I thought, now here I am shedding blood over this dude. And I get up and... Go to the bathroom, clean up, and all that's ended that way. Flash forward to about age 16. I'm 16, Thomas is 14. By this time, Thomas has caught up with me in size. He's no longer my little brother, he's my younger brother. But we're still daily going at it, pretty much. The physical part of it's about stopped because I've gotten scared. And I had this tendency to, to, just like I did that day, to just poke at him and push the buttons, and then I'd tear out running. Well, in our bedroom, it used to be a garage at this time, and there was about four concrete steps or five that go up from our bedroom into the kitchen. And then we have a back door access. So I come flying through that back door, and I hit them steps to go up and lose him. That's where I usually lost him at, and I failed. That's, yeah, you're right. It ain't good from here. When I fell, he landed on my back and he grabbed me by my ears and he commenced on introducing my face to them concrete steps. And he was going, arr, arr, and I could, I could feel my head busted open and I could feel the blood pouring out of my face. And I squalled out, if you'll get off of me, as I was eating concrete, I'll never touch you again. And he stopped, and he said, "What'd you say?" I said, "If you get up, I'll never, will never touch you again. You win." And he got up. Dad come home. I had a few. I mean, I, I was pretty jacked up. He <laughs> said, "What happened?" Like he didn't know. I said, "Old oh, Taterhead finally got me." And you know what he said? That's what you get. That's that's what you get. I told you it was coming and you didn't stop. That's what you get. As a result of your actions, that's what you get. Let me assure you, I have never physically attacked my brother since. I'm 39 now and it ain't been no more physicalities. Outgrown me is an understatement today. (laughs) I don't want no part of him. That's what you get. That's what you get. Flip with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2. We will eventually be going to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, but we're going to just read one verse in um, Galatians chapter 2. Sweep that off. Get that back. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians chapter 2. Nathan, you may have to take this. I've got last week's notes. Galatians chapter 2 starting in verse 20. That's okay because we're going to need to be in our Bibles this morning anyway. Oh, no wonder it don't look right. I'm in Galatians chapter 3. I done got nerve. I thought, Lord, you done changed all this. I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's all good though, I was on the wrong page. You know, it's good to not have that every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Keep you in practice. I done started sweating and stuff. Galatians chapter 2 starting in verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much this morning that we live in a country that we can freely worship. We thank you, Father, that there are people who so believe in the freedoms of this country that they're willing to fight and die. Father, I thank you. I praise you for your grace and your mercy because that's all that's got me here and others not. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be standing before these people this morning with your message on my mouth. I pray that you help me to deliver that message. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is your desire and your will. Father, I thank you for this opportunity and I pray that your word, Father, your word is what comes out of my mouth and that it will fall upon these ears and it will be heard, received, and applied. Father, we thank you. We love You. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. That's what's happened. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I have now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. That's what you get. Amen? That's what you get. Why faith? The results of faith. What happens with faith? What happens when I live by faith? That's what you get right there. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. This life I live today is not about me. It's not about my desires. It's not about achieving my will. It's about seeing God's desires lived out in my life. That's what you get when you sign up for this. That's what you get when you raise your hand and say, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a child of God. That's what you get. Is your life gets removed. And it's no longer your life, but Christ and His life that's lived through you. Go with me to, uh, back to uh, Hebrews for just a second. What does it look like to live by faith? What does it look like to live by faith? Hey, uh, James, chapter two, verse fourteen. James, chapter two, verse fourteen. Look at here. James two fourteen. Nathan, you may do have this right, brother. It may be me that was wrong, not you. I don't know. We'll, we'll try. You stay on board up there too. Don't leave me hanging. James 2.14 What does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself does not have works. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead faith. You can replace the word works with the word action. Okay? Maybe it'll make it feel better to you. Maybe it won't seem so strange to you if we done it that way. So thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have action, is dead. Faith without action is dead faith. You got that so far? You got that so far? More than Ralph's got to get it or we ain't going no further. I'll talk about the same thing over and over. You know why? Because I ain't going to be negligent. You ain't going to walk out of here and go, well, he didn't say that. You're going to know I said it. Amen? Amen? So are we all together to this point? Amen. That's good. You're getting better. i got at least five now. When the rest of you wake up, maybe you'll join us. But someone will say, you have faith and I have work. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by works. Now watch this. I said we could take out works and put in action. Someone will say, you have faith and I have action. Show me your faith without your works, without your action. Show me your faith without your action, and I will show you my faith by my action. Right? Right? What does does faith look like? That's what you get. So what is it? What does it look like? Faith without action is dead faith. Faith that doesn't produce motion is dead faith. I can pray and I can believe with all I got in me that God is going to do a miracle in my life and I'm begging and I'm asking and I'm praying daily and I'm seeking His face and He's showing it to me. God, I want to be the greatest guitar player that ever walked on the face of this earth. And I promise you, in order for that to happen, it will be a divine intervention. Because music is not what I do. I I can't do nothing with it. I mean, I've tried, I want to, I can't. And I pray this prayer and I beg of God, please make me the greatest guitar player there's ever been. And my purpose for this desire is to glorify you. Not me, I ain't looking to be a rock star. I'm looking to bring glory to your name. But I never go buy a guitar. I don't even go through the trouble of borrowing one. You know what that is, don't you? That's being negligent. That's called dead (laughs) faith. Do I really believe it? Apparently I don't. I can say I do. But what tells you what I really believe? My actions. What I do. I can say it till I'm blue in the face, but if I ain't doing it, it's obviously not real to me. It's, it's, faith comes with actions. It looks like movement, it doesn't sound like words. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Let's go back to Hebrews and let's look at some examples of this that are, that are tired examples. Y'all have seen them and heard them, and, and Kevin's taught them and I've taught them, we've looked at them, we've read them, but man, I will not be negligent. I will not be negligent. Look at me. Here we go. Y'all get to Hebrews chapter 11. Get in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11 because we're going to go through this so fast. It ain't no way I can do it on this little uh, dude's maheggy thing, my dodger. Um, I'm going to put the first one up there just so y'all feel good about it being there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Are you you there? Say amen. Amen. Verse 4, by faith, Abel. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse nine, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise. Verse eleven, by faith, Sarah. Verse 12, therefore, from one man, therefore, from one man, and had him in him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received their promise. Verse 17, by faith Abraham. Verse 20, by faith Isaac. Verse 21, by faith Jacob. Verse 22, by faith Joseph. Verse 23, by faith Moses. Verse 24, by faith Moses. Verse 27, by faith he forsook, which would be Moses. Verse 29, by faith they, which would be them. In verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. Verse 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish. Verse uh, 33. Through faith, through faith, they subdued kingdoms. Now go back. Go back to verse 4. By faith, by faith, by faith. By faith, by faith, through faith, by faith. Do you see something forming here? Does something look re- repetitive to you? Things that are repeated are important. Where'd we learn that, Mr. Collins, eighth grade science? Things that are repeated are important. Don't forget that. By faith, go to verse 7. Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. That's in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. Let me get that up there for you so you can see it. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. He heard. He was divinely warned. The Word of God came to him. He heard it. He received it. You see that? And he believed it. You know how I know he believed it? You know how I can prove to you that Noah believed what he heard? The next sentence. The next word is an action word. He moved. He moved with godly fear. That's what you get. That's what you get. When you really believe what you say you believe, you will move and it will look just like what you said you believed. We just found out that that these ink pens, I have found out that these blue ink pens with Aflac wrote on them are killing people. The odors that come out of them when you click them and strike them across paper, that odor is getting into the atmosphere and it's killing people. And then tomorrow, I've made that announcement today, tomorrow you come in and what do you see in my pocket? A blue Aflac pen. aflock Aflac, you know what I'm talking about. Aflac. aflock. So one of two things is true about me and myself and my pen. Either I don't really believe what I told you yesterday, right? Because if I believed it, what would I do? I'd throw it away. I'd get rid of it. I'd make sure nobody else had one. I'd get rid of all them too. So either I don't believe what I said or I don't care about you. I'm pretty convinced I ain't going to die from it. Most likely the first one is the truth. It ain't true. I don't really believe it. Because if I believed it, I definitely wouldn't have one. Next week you find out that me and Kevin and, and a bunch of folks around here got us a summit together and we all got on airplanes and flew to a location to discuss this. and everybody gets there and guess what we all writing with. So what must be true? We don't believe it. We don't believe it. You know why you can say that we don't believe it. Our actions told you that. Our words told you we did. But then you come in and we got a conference and we all writing with blue black pens. After last week, I told you everybody was dying from them. You know, this sounds similar to me to something else. <laughs> they get on the TV and tell you how all the polar bears is dying. Huh? Don't they? They say the band of ice caps is shrinking. You know what's causing it? Global warming. You know what the biggest contributor is? Burnt fuel. You know how they all get to their summit? <laughs> they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They don't believe either they don't believe it or they don't care. <laughs> Have a conference call, right? Their actions tell me they don't believe it. But you know what I believe about Noah? He believed what he heard. You know why? Cuz he moved in the same directions that his words went when he received it when he heard, when he was divinely warned, when he was told, his actions were a direct result of what he had been told. So he believed what he'd been told. That's what faith looks like. Because see, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. You realize when Noah built a boat in the middle of the desert, it had never rained before? Not it had never flooded, it had never rained. Water had never fallen from the sky at this point. Think of that. And he didn't build a little boat, he couldn't, didn't have enough folks to pick it up, and move it. He built a big one. A great biggin He got the measurements from God Himself, so he must have believed every word of what he told him. Because he built it just like he was told to build it. He didn't cut no corners and try to find no shortcuts. He done exactly what he was told to do. He prepared an ark for the saving of his family. He believed what he was told. This is what faith looks like. As you hear, according to Scripture that we read last week, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So you got to hear it. And then when you believe it, it changes not your appearance, not your schedule, your actions. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what happens. Now look at all, because of this faith, look at all the great things that we just read about from Hebrews chapter eleven, starting in verse thirty, uh, verse four, going through thirty-five, a all of these great benefits and all of these great things that happened in these people's lives—families were saved, people were saved, prostitutes were saved. There was all these wonderful and great things that happened for these people. And see, I would—it I, would be easy for me to stop right there and go, "Hey, that's what you get. It's all roses and candy." It all feels good and it's warm and fuzzy. Go love Jesus and tell the world and everything's going to be good. But let me assure you of something. That's not the truth. Go go back to Hebrews 11.35. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 35. The second part of verse 35. Starts a new paragraph. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trial of mockings and scourges. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains in dens and caves of the earth. And all these having attained a good testimony through faith, through faith, Did not receive the promise. Who wants to sign up this morning? Because there was a long list of things that was great. Now we're talking about people that, because of their faith, they were tortured. Because of their faith, they were imprisoned. Because of their faith, they were martyred. They were killed. Because of their faith. That's what you get sometimes that's what you get sometimes and it's a direct result of their faith don't don't fool yourself and think that I've twisted this somehow and that ain't really the way it is it is go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 10 I'm going to tell you some hard things this morning I'm not going to tell you I'm just going to read them to you Jesus told them Matthew chapter 10 verse 34. Now this is Jesus talking. This is Christ Himself. This kind of debunks all of that um, prosperity gospel stuff that you believe in me and it's all going to be well and good. This is some of the hard stuff that Jesus Himself spoke to people. And, And the reason I share this with you is because I want you to know it's possible that that's what you get. It's possible. We're going to talk about it and I want to make sure you understand it before we leave, but I want you to see what he said in Matthew chapter 10 starting in verse 34. We'll go through 38. Do not think, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. What? All I've ever heard about is this peace-loving Jesus with long hair and, 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 and peace signs. But he himself, in the book of Matthew, out of his own mouth, do not think that I came to bring peace. No. Not peace, but a sword. What? Are you kidding me? Brother Nick, you're reading out of a different Bible than I am. Ain't nobody ever told me that before. Well, what have I signed up for here? I do not think, don't miss that. I didn't make this up. This isn't Baptist doctrine. It's wrote in your Bible just like it is mine. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, A daughter against her mother. And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me. And he does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy. Worthy of me. That's what you get. That don't feel so warm, does it? That cuts a little deeper than we want it to, don't it? But don't be be mistaken and don't misunderstand. Verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. See, this earth is corrupt. If you don't believe that, look out the window. If you don't believe that, go turn the TV on just for about 10 minutes. We live in a corrupt, broken creation. So Jesus did not come to bring peace to this earth. He didn't. As a matter of fact, not peace, but the sword. Verse 35. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So does this mean that in order for me to prove I love Jesus, I can't get along with my mom and daddy? Does this mean that I can't love my brother and sister if I love Jesus? No, it does not. But here's what it does say. That sometimes, because of your faith, what you get is resistance from those that are the closest to you. And what you get is a division. That because you love Jesus, they can't have you. They won't have you. And you know what Jesus says? If you ain't willing to choose me over even your own mother and father, you ain't worthy it. So if it comes to that, he didn't say it has to come to that, but if it does come to that, you've got to be willing to choose Jesus over anything else on this earth because the fact of the matter is sometimes what you get is those you love the most don't love your Jesus. and They don't want nothing to do with him, And they don't want to hear about Him and they don't want to talk about Him and they don't want to hear you talk about Him. And if that's the case, if that's the case, don't cling to the promise that Jesus came to bring peace because he didn't. No, he actually came knowing that there would be division even among families because of him. And you know what? Your faith, sometimes that's what you get. Sometimes that. Now, there's great things that come along with it, and I'm not going to leave you on a sire note with bad news, but I want you to know the truth. And I want you to understand that even Jesus Himself said, do not think that I came to bring peace on this earth. Because He didn't. So if His presence in your life, in other words, your faith causes there to be turmoil even amongst the people that you love the most, you've got to stick with your faith. You've got to cling to Jesus. He's much more benefit than anybody else in this walk of life. Hebrews 11, again. Hebrews 11. Verse 40. Following that list of folks that um, that were tortured and wouldn't accept deliverance, those that were mocked and scourged, those that were put in chains and imprisoned, following all of that. Verse 40 says, God, having provided something better for us, God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. See, what we're seeing Even when we see the presence of God in a particular situation, what we're actually seeing is just the first fruits. Just the very tip of the iceberg of what God is capable of doing in our lives. Because you know, you think about this, even people that are healed, even people that are healed, God has touched them, God has healed them, what eventually happens to those people? They die. See, here's the fact of the matter. Ten out of ten people die. There's you a stat. That's 100%. I don't care how you cut it. Ten out of ten are going to die. You know why? Because all ten of them live in a fallen creation. You know why the man that got healed eventually died? Because he's living in a fallen creation. What that healing was is a first fruit or a small glimpse. A sliver, just a sliver of what's to come. That's Jesus, that's our Father in Heaven showing us what He's capable of but not letting us see the whole picture. See, He has something better for us because of our faith. And when you cling to that faith, I promise you that reward is greater than anything this world has to offer. The benefits are out of this world as they say. So don't be fooled into thinking that because you begin to, or you see a person who you thought was walking in faith and you see them in a struggle, don't think that means their faith ain't real. Because sometimes that's what you get is tortured. Sometimes that's what you get is a trial. Sometimes that's what you get is chains or imprisonment. Sometimes my family abandons me because of my faith. Sometimes that's what I get. But God, having provided something better, something intangible, that is what you get. Amen. Every time, that is what you get.